0: Welcome to another episode of Around the Full Two. I'm Tyler, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to give us a follow on all of our social medias. Yeah, shout out to Prime as well, the unofficial, official sponsor of a or, or not, well, rockin' around the full two. Around the two. If they want if they want to sponsor the, <laughs> the fundraiser this year, that'll be great. Um, but yeah, go follow us on our social medias, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We have one technically. Um, but yeah, go 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 Give us a follow on all those. And then also go subscribe to us on YouTube. Posting a lot of shorts lately. Um, go give us a comment, a like. Let us know what you think of the videos. Let us know what you think of uh, just what what we wanna, what we want to you want to see us post and stuff like that. Um, and then before we jump into all the sports talk, because this week we got uh, some juicy stuff to talk about. Um, oh, but let's God, talk man. about a couple of GoFundMes and a golf outing, actually. So the first GoFundMe is the one we've been talking about for the past several months. Um, it's the Isla Keen's future GoFundMe. It's it's supporting Isla Keen's future um, because tragically her her father is all of you. Sh- I'm sure know by now. Uh, Dalton Keene passed away back in October at the Steeler after a Steeler game. Um, but we we're able to help out with the financial burden uh, that was left behind because of that. And so um, we have the Isla Keen's uh, future in all of the links to our show. Over the past several months, we're going to continue to put it in there and uh, for the indefinite future. Um, and then speaking of Dalton, there's also the Dalton Keene, um, there's a golf outing for him in may, what is what is the exact date for that? May 3rd, maybe I'm,
1: uh, wrong. May 13th, May, so 13th, the may three, 13th, the three, three in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. May 13th. <laughs> it's at the Blackhawk golf course in, uh, Chippewa and Beaver County. Um, and then mm-hmm. all the proceeds to that are going to go to the Highmark carrying place. I believe that's correct in Pittsburgh. Um, so, so that's that's a golf outing to help support uh, and 2 p.m start time by the way 2 p.m start time sorry i smitty normally talks about this, this yep. is my first time mentioning this um but yeah so good way to remember dalton kane and it's a it's a great um way to support another um organization um and then the last one that we talked about is the one that we've talked about the last couple of weeks um we actually have a minor uh, or big update i guess on that one um and sadly, we, we talked about in the Lamasters family, uh, Amy Lamasters, the mom, had stage four breast cancer. Breast cancer, um, yes. And it, mm-hmm. an update was actually posted to the GoFundMe that uh, she actually passed away. And so, literally um, the
1: same it, night that we recorded last week, so yeah, it was yeah. yeah. So,
0: so Amy Lamasters passed away, but the GoFundMe is still going to be out there, and we are still going to support it. Um, because it's like $50,000 right now. Yeah, and and d- despite her passing away, the family is still going to have the financial burden that came with all that cancer can bring. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. that can uh, obviously we c- kind of like whenever Dalton passed away, we can't take we can't like give people the memories and and the feeling of of and we can't give them their mom back, but we can at least help out the family financially with all the medical bills and everything that came with what cancer can cause to a family. So um, that Mm -hmm. will also be listed in the description of the show as well. Um, But yeah, now again, we we, we have to take, make that awkward transition where we are going to talk about sports. And I mean, not, not that we're going to talk in a happy way because we're going to talk about the penguins first. And uh, we have some, uh, news, I guess. New, breaking news! Uh, right, right, right. Before we started d- doing the show, which I'm happy yeah. we didn't record. Like there was a, but ho- there was a hockey game yesterday, and we record yesterday because otherwise, yeah, uh, we would have been a week late.
1: Yeah, I mean, from that aspect, you know, from a content purpose, I'm, I'm definitely glad that, like, literally right before we press record, the team announced the trade was official. But I have a question for you before we get all in. Before we get into this, uh, right. how do you feel having literally the worst GM in sports as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now?
0: Worst GM in sports? You know that 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 could very well. <laughs> it be It might be the a change. bit of a
1: reach, but
0: I I, I don't know. You, you'd have to go through them. Um, but yeah. it... it it is a pretty bad feeling, and honestly, I kind of wish, looking at what now, and we haven't even talked about it, we haven't mentioned what it was, but wait, looking I, at I what has 11. happened this evening, I almost wish that you were right last week where the Fenway Sports Group's management was just like, you can't Take touch the team. Yep. You're going to be gone this offseason. Don't do anything. I, I I would have rather if that have happened than what just unfolded.
1: Yeah, so um, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired Mikel Granlund from the Nashville Predators for a second-round pick. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, probably 100% on board with this, Granlund now 30 years old, makes $5 million each of the next two seasons as well. 31, His numbers have continued to decline. 31, sorry, yeah, it's still listed him as 30 years old. He was 30 at the beginning of the season. That's why it says 30 on the yeah. J Fresh card. Um, but, I mean, look at these impacts. I, I'm pulling up for you guys here right now. Literally, the only thing that this guy can do is pass. Like, he, he's, a, he's a good passer of the puck. But the problem with that is, like, okay, I could even live with that if, like, the bottom six was filled with wingers and you're just looking for a center, like, from that aspect. No. he He would have to be the play driver for the bottom six. That's basically how they are viewing this. And he absolutely is not going to do that. I mean, for Ron Hextall to start to undo some of the bad that he had created within the last couple of you know days, you know, you get the blessing of Kapanen being claimed on waivers by the Blues. You get McGinn, you know, through waivers and clear some space there. You trade Teddy Bluger. You cleared out some space to be able to make a move. Why is this the move that you're doing when you see, you know, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, say 100% that the Penguins could have gotten Jacob Chickerin, but you look at what Ottawa gave up for him and you know how, how are the Penguins not winning that how are they not willing to give up that because that is not even close to what the rumored ask was and why all these teams were bidding out or bowing yeah. out I should say
0: yeah um the, the the fact that they they this is the move that we were kind of building towards and honestly no penguin fan knew what that was going to be leading. We we saw the moves like we saw people getting placed on waivers, Captain getting claimed on waivers. They just traded Teddy Bluger. That's like also very fresh as yeah. of like an hour ago. Um but I, I we saw these moves put being putting into place and we knew something was coming because we kind of questioned whether hextall was going to do anything or not. But obviously he wouldn't be doing these things if there wasn't going to be a move. And for it to be this move as opposed to bringing in someone like Jacob Chikrin, who is the one that I thought the Penguins are going to get. I said that on a, th- a show, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, clearly, that didn't happen. He's on his way to Ottawa. Um, Great move know, for them, by the way. Yeah, I, I think it's really good for them. And it, it, it's this one is potentially, at least very, very seemingly so, really bad for the Penguins, not just for this season, but the, for the future, because all the. Um, all the all the relief you got from the cap space situation by the moves that Ron Hextall was doing is mm-hmm. instantly gone, instantly, and they're also gone for the next two seasons. Now there are going to be some people coming off the books over the next season and in, in the second season after that to have cap space. Like I looked at their cap space situation for next year, and they're still projected even with Granlin on the books to have about nineteen point three million in cap space, just because you have guys like Zucker and Jari and, and uh, Doomling coming off the books. Um, but still, you are alleviating even more cast base, and you're filling it with Mikhail Granlund. I, I, I mean, I Do you want to become real sad? That... What? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay.
1: Mikhail Granlund and Sidney Crosby have the same amount of contract left with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm.
0: Sid <laughs> only has two years left? That's crazy. Yep. I remember when that, that contract seemed like forever. Um, that, that means we're 10 years into that contract, actually. Um, but, you know, th- th- this contract is just, I mean, the trade itself, like second round pick, who cares? But why are you doing it for him? I would rather have thrown mm-hmm. in more yeah. for someone better. that That's the problem. And if, you're, you're alleviating the cap space situation for this guy who has been not played at a really productive level in a couple of years i mean you you just showed the graphic of his j fresh cards for his statistics his, his like analytics and it's not good on any sense of the level i i think that the only hope that you can have and this is a i don't even a false hope i guess the only hope that a penguin fan can have is that in nashville he was playing on the top line and so he was probably going against at least the best players every night that they played. So maybe mm. in the lower f- level he can he can play a little bit better. But still, yeah. it, it is not good to, to again look at that like card. Look at the play. Look at the production that he has, and that's what we're trading for. Like and and now the Penguins have. Hold on, I'm, I have cap friendly up right now. The Penguins are back to two hundred sixty thousand dollars for cap space. So you're telling me that's our move like that, that that's it. We're not even looking forward to anything on Friday now uh, when the trade deadline yeah, no, comes, no, no money but, retained, by the we, way, we have Andre nothing there, There's, there's nothing, there's nothing to look forward to unless we make a, not, I don't want to say like a blockbuster trade, but like we trade or are trading like NHL level guys to get more cap off the I books mean, and make an NHL trade outside of that. What's going to happen? This is our, this is our move. This sucks.
1: This sucks based off what Hextall's done. I'm like fully expecting Marcus Pedersen to get moved and ending up with like Brock Besser. Dude, this is this is
0: uh, okay. Well, (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to bring in Brock Besser, but not at the expense of Marcus Pedersen because Marcus Pedersen is one of your only productive defensemen that you have currently. So I I would not be willing to do that. I mean, for for the season, he's been your best defenseman. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, right. I I get that Besser is intriguing because of what he did in, you know, 2017, 18 and 18, 19. But to me, with what he's done the last few seasons, that's why he should be a buy low candidate, like especially on that contract. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be moving like an NHL legit asset like Marcus Pedersen is to get a guy like that. But, man, I just have a bad feeling if there is another move coming from Ron Hextall, it involves Marcus Pedersen going out.
0: I mean, honestly, and you might disagree and this might seem crazy, but just thinking about it and just a gut reaction right now, I would have rather them make a dumb trade for JT Miller than get Michael Grandland.
1: Oh, yeah, because I mean that's a that's a good player on a bad contract. Grandland yeah. is a bad player on a bad contract.
0: Yeah. Nothing now granted the, the, the JT I mean, Miller goes several years after the Grandland contract is up, but still for what realm of a or a sense of a window that you had now at least JT Miller would be a good player within that window Michael Granlin like you said before we even started recording there's a good chance that that window is slammed shut now because I mean and you're trading for what seems to be a bad player doesn't really I, I I don't know how to how does this improve you that, that's the, the thing that I would want Ron Hextall to explain to me is like, okay, how is this improving upon McGinn and Capitan and Blueger? Like these guys, collectively, what they were doing. How is Michael Grandlin or Mikhail Granlin or however you say his name making you better as a, as a hockey team by getting yeah. rid of those guys? I just don't understand it.
1: Right. Like, I don't want to keep piling on this guy, like the, the player, because he didn't trade for himself. It's not his fault. It's just insane to me that this is what's coming the other way. This is the big move that Hexdall was clearing out cap space for, and you don't get money retained on it. This is a $5 million player. Are you kidding me? And, and what's I mean, what's the expectation for where he's going to play too? Is he playing in the top six on the wing, or is he playing 3C, or is he playing on Carter's wing? I mean, regardless, him and Carter are going to be oil and water together. Those That line is going to be terrible. It's going to be worse than it was somehow when it was Carter captaining him again. Danton Hyden would, is going to have a hell of a time on that line.
0: I, I would guess that he, this top six is going to stay the exact same. And then he's going to slot into great. Three. So we're going to have a
1: five million dollar third line player. That's doing absolutely nothing. Not so, I mean, penalties. Th-
0: that's the thing. It's like, you look at the top six, who's he, who's he replacing? Yeah, no I, I don't really.
1: Yeah. No. And, and so, yeah, I mean, unless Lewis he has, has to, to, go, g- to trade Zucker too, or something. Yeah. Friday. yeah.
0: Who, who's actually productive this year. He has to go on that third line. And, that's the problem is like, so he can either play third line center or he can go on the wing. And I guess Carter can still play center. Whatever they decide to do there, it's going to be those two in Heinen. And then the, the bottom one also, uh, uh Cagula Cagula. C- How do you pronounce his name? Got called up Drake. cajola yeah. man, I was way off Drake. cajola I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. to your family. I, I mispronounced that name so bad. I butchered it. Um, he got called up. So he's going to be in the bottom six. Um, because, uh, what's his face? Friend of the show, Brock McGinn got sent down. Um, Teddy Bluger got traded. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and we have Ryan Paling, Josh Alterbald, and Drake kajula apparently to to play. He's going to play fourth line center, I think. I know Ryan Paling's well, not even back yet.
1: What? <laughs> it's if Ryan Paling's able to play tomorrow, he would be the one taking the spot. But if he's not able to go, Drake cajula will play. If yeah. Payland is able to go to will serve as the, you know, the healthy scratch forward.
0: I just feel like no. they, they took a bad situation and uh, made it worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I had really kind of talked myself into Chikorin being what they were going to do. I thought maybe Sullivan like kind of was going to get his way, had kind of talked text all into it. Um, like the cap and domino falling started to make me feel that way and then with McGinn and Friedman I was like oh if they're able to I don't want to move Marcus Petterson but if they were going to do it the only way that I could stomach it is if in a separate deal Chickering's coming back like okay then I get it um and I had started to talk myself into the case being oh okay what this is going to end up being is a package deal with Chickering and a forward coming from the Coyotes. I don't know why my mind ever gave Hextall that much credit, but yeah, I mean, Mikkel Grandlin actually makes a lot more sense when you think about Hextall's history. But the thing is, too, that I will say is for as bad as he's been with, like, player evaluation and free agency and, like, within the season transactions, um, I, like, he's been okay at the deadline with the pens up to this point. You know, Ricard Raquel was a really nice to get last year, and Jeff Carter, extension be damned, that was a good move at the deadline when they acquired him. Mm-hmm. It obviously yeah. panned out well. So I thought Hextall had done pretty well at the deadline. Uh, and then this happens. So, yeah, like it's 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 a huge statement to say acquiring this one player is slamming the window shut. But again, when you're talking about a $5 million player that is that has him, his impacts on both ends of the ice, that is taking up the, their salary cap and their ability to improve the roster this season and two seasons from that, like in the future. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's that ridiculous of a statement, to be honest. Sorry, I'm counting forwards.
0: Um, seven of the 12 forwards make over five, 5 million or more now. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what other, every other team looks like in terms of, in terms of that, but we now have a $5 million, uh, Third liner.
1: So, I mean, if you get fifty percent retained on this, I still don't love it, but I think it's palatable. Like the fact that they're paying him this full five million. If
0: is- if he was a rental, like if it was just one year, then whatever. Like th- I still wouldn't like the trade. I still don't think it makes you better. But I could swallow. Like okay, you you, you just have him for this year, and then he's gone. But he's got two more years after this year. That's the thing that is the killer for me. Forget this year. I don't even care about this year anymore. I'm looking at the future of the Penguins, and this this guy is still going to be on your team. Now, granted, like like you said, I don't want to keep harping on him because it's like it's not his fault that he's a Penguin now. Like obviously, sure. Hextall is the mean, one yeah, that, that brought him now. in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, yeah, we're rooting for him. I want him to be good, so I'm hoping I'm right that being in the the not as elevated role and being on like a third line could help him out and and possibly make his play better. But Hextall's decision making is so bad. Like, why why do you not? Cough up more for a guy like Chickren. I, I, I don't understand the thought process, especially when you look at like what other teams have been getting in some of their returns for players. Uh, a second got you, Mikhail Granlund. Like that, that's I, I mean, I was going to say, listen, I,
1: same team, Nashville, also a second round pick and making one million less. Give me Nino Niederreiter over Mikhail grandland,
0: Yeah. Not well. Not only that is he actually plays good. Yeah.
1: Well, and he was already traded too, by the way. So I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, pick, no, 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 second round pick. Yeah.
0: No, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. I don't, I don't get it. From if Hexdal is not fired this offseason, I'll be shocked.
1: But that and, and that's the thing is, if you're going to fire him, why did you just allow him to trade for a player that's under contract five million dollars the next two seasons? This that's a that's a great question actually. I mean, I've seen people start to bring this up. In the back of my mind, I've been thinking about it. Does Fenway Sports Group even care about the Penguins? Or are they just like an asset for them to make some money? Because like it doesn't seem like they like they don't even have the Penguins in their. And this is like a minute thing, I guess, but like their header on Twitter and like their social media profiles, like no mention of the Penguins whatsoever. Like I feel like it's just an is asset. It just that Liverpool in the Red Sox. Yeah, I believe so.
0: I mean, maybe they just haven't updated it since they bought the Penguins. It's still only been like a year.
1: Their spokesperson like hasn't said anything about the team. Like, do they even know what's going on? I mean, they're in for a hell of a wake up call in like five years when they find out that Hextall traded for Mikel Granlund.
0: In <laughs> five years when they find out, <laughs> yeah. three three Dude, years after he's gone off the team and his contract's expired, they're gonna they're gonna find be like, out. wait,
1: what happened? Uh, did we ever win one of? Did we ever win a Stanley Cup with the Penguins when, once we bought them? Let's go back through and look and they're going to be in for a wake up call when they see what happened here.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe that is the case. Like they they don't really care what happens. I mean, but, it's but... I, like I hate
1: it. I didn't like it's hard to be excited honestly like about this team since Fenway Sports Group took over and at the time it was like I was I was kind of excited about it because of like the amount of cash flow. I was like, "Man, like they're going to be able to improve facilities." I think like you know, obviously you have a salary cap that everybody has to adhere to, but in the form of yeah. like upfront cash. You know, like who who's really going to be able to compete with them? And I don't like. I really haven't been. I haven't been happy with the way that the team has been managed since they took over.
0: Yeah, and it's not even like Mario has as much influence as he had before. They're not. Like, they're he's not hands on. He's still. On. I guess that's my yeah, right. Like, yeah, that that's that that is an issue because I mean we knew that that. The prior ownership cared because Mario was a majority owner. Like we, we knew that he cared about the team. And was going to do everything to, that he can to help the team win. We don't really know that about Fenway Sports Group. M- Mario is still a a minority owner, but he he's not a majority owner. He doesn't have as much influence as he had before. Has um, he been to a game so, this year. I, who knows? Who yeah, knows? Sure. I I wouldn't want to go to a game this year. Yeah,
1: I'm just, (laughs) I'm not like trying to like talk poorly about him in any, like in this case, I was just curious. Like I no no.
0: Fenway sports, Fenway sports group took away his season tickets. Um, Okay. But here's another question that I've seen like people floating around, not, not necessarily just about this trade, but just prior to like during the past week or so um, like how much influence on this trade and just in, in moves in general that the penguins have done. Like, do you think Brian Burke has? on this, mm. this situation is too. So like in this, this Mikhail Granlund trade, how much influence do you think Brian Burke had on that trade? At not just Ron Hextall.
1: That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know that we're going to know uh, to me. Granlund seems like more of just a Hextall guy as opposed to a Hextall and Burke guy. If it was both of them, I think like we're looking at like JVR being a penguin right now, something like that, which by the way, I would have preferred if it was James Van Reemsdyke Um, but I think that he would probably, you know, fit that. What's that? Uh, truculence, that that Brian Burke likes to throw around. Granlin doesn't seem like a Brian Burke type of player to me personally. But I, I don't know. I mean, could be. He could definitely be influencing things there. I, I could tell you one thing. Mike Sullivan obviously isn't getting much of a say in things.
0: Yeah. No. No. I don't. I don't think so at all. And I think he's probably gonna. He he probably got the the update on Twitter too, just like the rest of us. <laughs> and he's like. He's got post what, notifications it's on. like what is this? Yeah.
1: Maybe. Like, <laughs> but like also- last week
0: when he said my roster is my ro- the roster is the roster. He's going to answer <laughs> the same question tomorrow night after the game. The roster is still the roster. It just has a new dumbass on it.
1: Um Wait, hold on. So they're saying this, uh, I'm sorry, like in real time as we're recording this, I'm also on Twitter just because like also to try to get away from the pens for a second here so I can like cool off a little bit. Do NHL GMs think that the trade deadline is like sooner than Friday? Like why is there so much action the week? Uh, This seems a little bit abnormal. Like there's always moves here and there, but like the last 72 hours have been like nonstop. Something's cooking.
0: I don't know. Maybe they think that other teams are interested, so they need to jump the gun on it. I, I wish that was the case it's for somebody. Actually, nobody else was probably trading for Mikael Grandlin. That's why we haven't heard his name. And, of course, the the one we, that we haven't heard his name at all is the one that Ron Hextall was going to trade for. That's happened with Jeff Carter. That happened with uh, Ricard Raquel. Of course, that's the way it happened.
1: Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, too, um, I don't know what her last name is, so like I can't really give her a proper shout-out, but I'm sure you've seen uh, Shayna, who's with The Athletic. Um, I know she's friends with Jesse, mm-hmm. the blue blue hair. Yeah, she's been yeah. like she's crushing it, by the way, really making a name for her, herself in the hockey world, which is awesome. But uh, she put out there pens at Grandland for two plus years, which lines up with the big threes window. Following the pattern, another player whose deal fits that timeline is Brock Besser, whose cap hit matches Pedersen plus McGinn would expect Vancouver to rec- recoup some sorely needed capital if they're able to make the deal. I didn't read I, that before I said it. what I said earlier about Pedersen. Yeah. but I'm telling you, I'd hate you, it. I have...
0: I'd I'd hate it. I'd hate it. I would hate it. And I know I keep repeating myself. I'd hate it. But that <laughs> would suck. That would suck. You're you're trading away. And listen, like Chris Letang is your best defenseman, quote unquote. But like for this season, Marcus Pedersen has been your best defenseman. He's been your most consistent defenseman. So you're immediately getting rid of that guy. And don't get me wrong. I, I I'd like to see what Brock Besser could do on the team, but you're seriously going to trade away what has been your best defenseman this season for that? I, no, no, thank you. Please, no. Because then what is your defense going to look like? You already have a terrible bottom six. Don't make your defense any worse than it has to be.
1: Yep, Petterson's, you know been their best defensive defenseman this year. Um, I mean, I guess you look at it as a plus to get McGinn off the books, but uh, that's. I don't know. I I, I I I agree with your sentiment. I hate it, and just play that on a loop like five times. <laughs> I, hate I
0: hate it. I hate it. Also, <laughs> uh, speaking of the Penguins, uh, I mean, yeah. we we're we're talking about like trade snare's and stuff like that. They have won games recently, um, <laughs> they, surprisingly yeah, they enough. Have, they they have mm-hmm. some won some games, and three. It, it seems like all all it took, at least at the time, was happening to be claimed off waivers and suddenly we won three games in a row uh, um but they won against i mean they, they got killed against the oilers last week that that, that was seemed a, like that was a uh, terrible call yeah and then Not Blues, the all, they sure. were they were able to win in overtime thanks to brian rust they mm-hmm. had an amazing second period amazing second half of a second period against the tampa bay lightning and then they were able to beat Mikael Granlund and Nashville, uh, last night, Tuesday night. So I wonder if he just hopped on the plane with them. And be like, hey, we're training. That's one hundred percent.
1: You just that is one hundred percent the first game that he's watched this year of Mikael Granlund. <laughs> like, you know, because I thought Granlin was actually one of their better players. I th- yeah, I thought he was one of their better forwards last night. Hextall had no clue about the season he was having prior to that game. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Um, also, just talking about the three the three wins, it's nice to the, to see them actually string together wins consistently again. Because I, I I would say three wins, I would count that as a winning streak. And the last time they won three wins in a row was from December 10th through December 15th. So we're talking like two and a half months ago. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a rocky two and a half months for the Penguins, but they've been able to sk- string together three wins. So those are vital points yeah. that they've been able to make up. Um, like you said, that, that Oilers game, I mean, there's been a couple games this season where I'm like, that is the worst game of the season. That's one of them that I would look at and be like, that's that could be the worst game of the season. Um, so this yeah, that was probably a call.
1: But do you know what that game was?
0: Okay. What I don't know. I don't know, this is to be very I don't know how to respond comparison. to that, but yeah.
1: But do you know how everybody is always like do you think whoever the best college team is could beat whoever the worst team is in the NFL?
0: Oh, like could, that, could the that game
1: that could game, Alabama that beat, game beat Cleveland. Yeah, that game is how that game would look in football terms. <laughs> <laughs> but on a but on ice. Yeah, honestly. Uh <laughs> because they did not they those did not look like two teams
0: in the same league. What was the shots? I want to. I'm curious of that. Let's see. I'm I'm just looking at this real quick, and I know this is probably not really entertaining. And also, we never want...
1: talked about college basketball in here, but Ron Hextall. I don't know if he got a hold of pit tonight or what, but dropping a game to Notre Dame at Notre Dame, who had two conference wins coming into tonight, right after Pitt gets ranked finally at number 25. <laughs> I mean, bad time in Pittsburgh right now. Bad time.
0: Yeah. Um so the Penguins had 24 shots and the Edmonton Oilers had 44. So th- that that's always
1: good. Yeah, well that's the thing is so then the Pens come out the next game and they almost had as many shots in the first period against St. Louis as they did in that game against Edmonton. So <coughs> I don't know what the messaging was. I don't Oh, actually, I got you obviously. I think if people watch or listen to the show they're going to know who Sarge is. I've at least brought him up one time. He used to do our YouTube videos. We talk about every once in a while. He sent me a text today that I loved. And it rem- I, as I was about to talk about and it reminded me of this. He said, um, well, actually, I want to read this word for words, and we pulled up. He asked me a question, actually, and I want to see what you think. Okay. Who is better, the Steelers without Claypool or the Pens without Kapanen?
0: Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, the Steelers still lost a game without Claypool. The Penguins haven't lost a game without Kapanen yet, so it's yeah. hard for me to say it's not the Penguins.
1: Okay, that's fair. It's isn't but it now? Weird, there's though? another. Like,
0: there's another factor though. There's another variable because we added Mikael Granlund.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. But it is weird how, like Capitan exits, and obviously he's not the entire reason that the bottom six was playing the way that they were, but. You know, Danton Heinen gets back into the lineup. All of a sudden, like that third line looked pretty good for a game. They they've looked okay, I feel like, for a little bit now. The last few games, well, obviously can change.
0: He's one of the only people that can drive offense in the bottom six.
1: Yeah, even if he himself isn't scoring. Yeah, his he's he actually is like a defensive presence. He's able to forecheck. He plays Sullivan's system pretty well. Underrated passer. He just yeah hasn't found the back of the net this year the way he did last year, but. He definitely makes the, his line mates better, unlike Mikael Granlin.
0: Yeah, uh, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, not really finding the back of that is kind of just the way it goes with the bottom six right now. Except for the Tampa Bay game, I—that's I, an anomaly. I don't know what happened. I, I think the the entire team just snorted a line of cocaine on the bench, and for ten minutes they just scored every thirty seconds. It seemed like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got one more game before the trade deadline. And then after that, uh, we will have probably Brock Besser on the team and Marcus Pedersen will be a Canuck. So that sucks. I, can talk about
0: that. I hate it. <laughs> I just, just, Dude. just listen. The, the, the I, clip I just, is, I want it. I want the, the record clip to show. is out now while, while it hasn't happened yet. I hate it. I yep. hate it. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I hate it.
1: I, I just wanted to. It, I want the record to show I mentioned that before that tweet from Shayna popped up and I read it on here. That all happened in real time. So if Pedersen gets moved for, and, and that was already kind of mentioned, but I honestly thought like there was no chance of that anymore with this Branlin stuff. Yeah, go out and get another overpriced forward who it, you know you're committed to for at least another season. That's great.
0: Yeah, I mean honestly, let's have eight of our twelve guys have making over five million dollars.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah.
0: Also, be- that it, this did nothing to help the Penguins' like age situation because yeah. you lose losing Kapanen, McGinn, and. Uh, Friedman, despite how they played, whether they sent down waivers, despite how they're played, that's not has nothing to do with this. Just the fact that the team just got older again by bringing in Granlin, who just turned 31 a couple days ago. Yeah, it's been a thing that people have talked about the past couple years with the Penguins. I mean, the core is old, but at least like Crosby and Malkin are still productive. When the rest of the team is that yep. old, if you're not productive, then
1: you're just slowing them down. Yeah. I mean, Carter's making that age jump up quite a bit for nothing. Nice goal on uh, Tuesday, though. Congrats on that. But Congrats Sorry. on that. Or wait, no, no, no. It wouldn't have been. <laughs> no, was no, that was Tampa. Yeah, Sunday. Um. All right. We got to stop talking about this, but. Yeah, that's gonna be an entire separate clip of this show. Um, us talking about the Granland trade and stuff. So while you're liking this video <laughs> and stuff like that, go like that video. I'll make that the one that pops up at the end of the show anyway. But um all right, let's move on and talk about the Steelers. I wanna say one thing that I've already loved about Omar Khan just from like a content perspective. He is so much more open when talking about things than Kevin Colbert was. I don't know if you caught like any of his snippets from the combine or anything like that but very open with the fact that like they would love to get a deal done with Alex Highsmith this offseason like that's a priority uh Cam Sutton they've already been negotiating with him he talked about the you know desire potentially like in an ideal scenario they'd love to be able to move down from 32 or something and and get more draft picks because even though they have what four in the top 80 or something like that they only have two or three picks, I think, on day three. So, yeah, they probably, in an ideal situation, at some point in the draft, aren't sticking with all those picks and are able to get a couple more down the board. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, oh, like willingness to spend in free agency. They're not going to spare any expense. He feels like they have the space. They have their quarterback on a rookie deal, which he said is very important, which like we all know. it's We talk about it. Um, but yeah, like I just enjoy hearing him speak with so much openness because it's just like totally different night and day from Kevin Colbert. It's the opposite of what we've seen with the Penguins GM 10 years, the last two Rutherford from be, being as open as he was to Hextall complete opposite with the Steelers. Yeah. So, yeah. No, um, I mean,
0: he, he must've listened to our shows, uh, recently because <laughs> I, think so. I mean, yeah, they, the, I think the, they buy the s- them at the facility. They probably do. That's a good workout music because it really just probably pisses everybody off listening to it. <laughs> so it gets them in this right mood, right mindset to work out too. Um, But no, I mean, we talked about Alex Highsmith just last week, how mm-hmm. we, we, we thought yeah, you're going to get an extension done. Left. You better start, start talking about it now um, with him because you don't really have a lot of depth at the edge position behind him. And you, you kind of had to, to address that now before you, you're reaching next year and he's going to be a free agent. Um, and then with like Cam Sutton, we, we both said that that is your number one priority in, in terms of like free agents currently on your team. And I'm happy that they're trying to get something done there. I think the, the openness from Khan is great. Also, he, he said that Andy Weedle is going to be the one making the draft board for the Steelers, and then after that, that that's going to be their draft board, which is interesting. Um, In the past, it really seems like some of the assistant GMs probably had some input but at the end of the day kevin colbert was still the one making the draft board and making the the sole draft decisions but uh but omar khan is putting some trust in some other guys it seems
1: i think it's because you know andy weidel coming from philly where he built that um and has been given a ton of credit for doing that like he comes (coughs) from from that side omar which is the same with kevin colbert omar being more of like the cap guy free agent contract negotiations contract extension talks like that's kind of his forte his area of expertise he's still probably kind of learning the player evaluation aspect at least from like the top level obviously he's been in those conversations but not as the gm so i really like some people might be like oh why is the gm you know kind of like delegating that responsibility that seems like a huge thing i think that's you know him recognizing strengths within the organization so i have no issue with him you know, letting Andy Weidel handle that aspect of the draft.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I, I th- That's why I, I think that the fact that he's like just basically coming out and saying it too, he's not even trying to play like he's yeah. the one <laughs> making the draft board. He's just like, listen, he's, he's making our draft board for us. Um, I, I think it's kind of like a breath of fresh air going into this this offseason, kind of knowing that, that the GM is ha- has the right interest for the team and he's willing to just really express that, hey, this is what we're doing. And obviously, selfishly, as Steeler fans, we like what he has to say so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the transparency has kind of always been there, whether it's been in words or with actions in terms of where you feel like the Steelers are going to go in the draft. You know, I mean, especially the last two seasons, we knew it was going to be running back. We knew it was going to be Najee, and we knew it was going to be a quarterback, maybe a little bit thrown off by the whole. Malik Willis Desmond. A little Leonard,
0: bit. Let's just, let's just let's just flay. It was not it wasn't a little bit. When we're talking about NFL drafts, we're talking about Steeler drafts. That is the biggest smoke screen of all time with the Steelers. Yeah.
1: They don't, hide, like they don't is, hide they don't hide their it. interest. They don't hide their interest in the position. Yeah. But they definitely threw us off the scent of who was their guy last year. Uh, which by the way, if I would have listened to a single text that I got from somebody. They, they literally said it was it was going to be Kenny Pickett or not quarterback. I didn't put my faith in that text, but I should have. Um, but anyways, what I was getting at there is hearing Khan talk about the position groups this year, um, looking at what they were you know so keen on, whether it was at the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl. Um, it's going to be very interesting in terms of like the pro day stuff. We know how important that is for the Steelers. Um, but I I really have a feeling like get ready to see a lot of trenches in this draft class from the Steelers. Cause that's definitely what it seems like they've had their eyes on.
0: Yeah. And I liked your tweet this morning. Obviously it's a tough situation, but I liked your tweet that the, I, I you really think that everybody in the top 16 should pass on Jalen Carter.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is, that's, I mean, that's a very unique situation and it's like, man, of course, like right now at this time, this is getting out there and I'm not like, obviously I don't know the situation. So to speak on it one way or another, um i just i would never do that yeah like as a joke i said yeah 16 yeah. teams should pass on and then to seventeen. but um yeah i'm i'm really curious as to how that's gonna play out and like he's gonna have to answer a lot of questions about it we thought that might be today's of the time of recording this then he wasn't available to the media he had already met with teams the previous day so he wasn't there um but yeah i mean there's going there's going to be teams that like probably aren't going to want to touch him
0: yeah and this like, is a guy that like if this guy was taken number one overall, like obviously for how heavy quarterback you're, you're expecting to be in the top pick, it would be a little bit surprising, but I wouldn't question it whatsoever. Well, I, yeah, if, I, if I,
1: Chicago were sticking and picking and not trying to move back for one of these QB needy teams, it, it's Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and I lean Jalen Carter just talking about the player.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so it's that's a tough situation. Um, <laughs> I just like that tweet this morning. It was pretty funny. Um it was a good yeah.
1: Did you see some of the responses? No. They were like, Oh, the Raiders might actually trade up to try to get him, or like the perfect fit for the Browns. So people took it seriously. Yeah, I mean, I think they were like kind of calling him a criminal, which again, like man, we we don't even know anything about the situation. Like you're really taking the leap there. But yeah, I, I it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. I I don't uh we're not in those conversations with teams, but I have a hard time believing at least like one or two teams are going to be like, man, we don't even like what, just knowing how the NFL works. There's going to be a couple teams. that are like, we're not even going to touch this guy.
0: I mean, I'm not whether say, those
1: are teams that are like I, even in striking distance of him. I don't know. But...
0: Well, I, I'm just going to say like, and maybe I'm way off. I would think the Steelers, if they were in that position are probably one of them.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we we've, we've seen them handle situations and stick by guys once they're already in the organization, but like, to draft a guy already like knowing that and then bringing him in, yeah, that's a different case. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's something to monitor, and I guess we can talk about it more when information comes out. But yeah, I yeah, guess that's a, also a top three player that might not go to top three now.
0: Yeah. Um. While we're talking about like the GM and everything, still. I, you mentioned that like the possibility of like openness to trade back. Like, in what scenario, like, who, I guess who would have to be off the board for you personally to trade back? And do you actually believe that like Omar Khan would trade back? Because no matter how much people talked about like, oh, the Steelers should trade back in this scenario in prior drafts it wasn't going to happen. The Steelers don't do that. They were just going to take best player available if they wanted or a player that they they liked at a certain position. Like that that was just not Kevin Colbert's forte with trading back. Potentially mm-hmm. trade I mean they traded up for Devin Bush, which was really surprising when it happened, but trading back was almost just unheard of, was never going to happen, completely brushed off. Do you think Omar Khan is different with that? Like could it be actually be a possibility with him? And it could be actual openness to it. And then for you personally, like who would have to all be gone for you to actually want to trade back in that scenario?
1: I I do think he's going to be more open to it uh, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about in terms of like, he's talking so openly about everything else. don't know why he would, you know, be non-genuine while talking about that. Like if he's saying it, I have every reason to believe that that would be the case that he's willing to move. Um, Even though the Steelers haven't done that in the past, I think that, you know, he would be willing to change the Steelers guard and and do things his own way. Another thing is like Andy Widal, who he's obviously got as his right-hand man is taking charge of this draft board. Philly moves as much as anybody. There was, I mean, the last year that Andy Widal was there, they moved. I think it was like they had their hands on 25 different draft picks before the like five or six they ended up making. So they're constantly moving up and down the board. Um, and, and being part of that process, I think, you know, bringing that influence over. Um, yeah, I, I do think that Omar Khan could get and that's in both ways. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, whether that's this class or in future years that like he'd be willing to jump up for a player, too. But I think this year specifically, um, I wouldn't be looking at 17. I think 32 is probably the one where I would be looking at them to move back at. Um, but for me personally, who would have to be off the board? Um, so the tackle class is interesting for me because I think that there, it's a good group, but there's not a like number one, like sure fire. This guy is the number one left tackle in this class. It seems like it's like a lot of flavor. It's like Broderick Jones probably has the highest ceiling. Paris Johnson's the best right now. Um, Peter Staronsky's got like the shorter arms. You know, do we even know if he's going to play tackle at the NFL level? Some people like Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Um, so for me, if me personally, I'm not even in love with Staronsky at 17. If Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon. And I, you know what? I'll throw, I'll, I like, not a lot of people are talking about him. I, at one point, wouldn't have even considered him for 17 because I thought he'd be long gone. But with the injuries and the lack of production in the last year or so, he might be within striking distance. Brian Brzee is very intriguing to me at 17. From Clemson. Yeah. So he would be another one that I would be kind of looking at. Um, but, yeah, to me, like, I'm not even, it might be a little bit of a hot take. I don't love Joey Porter Jr., like if he was there at 17, he's not somebody that I would be like upset if they traded out of and, and didn't take. So I, I, there's probably like four or five guys in the entire class where if they were there at 17, I'm like, yes, yeah, stick, make the pick. Because I would be all about trading back and trying to get more capital.
0: So it sounds like tackle and corner outside of Brian Percy are the only options.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, I mean, I don't know that they would do it. Brian branch is my favorite player in the class overall, but I was just Mm. thinking of like the way I I don't know that he's going to really be on the Steelers radar so much. He's listed as a safety, but he, man, I mean, he, he does everything. He played in the same, he played that star position at Alabama, which is Minka Fitzpatrick. Like he was basically that that version this year's version of Minka. I think he's going to move all around at the next level. If you don't use him that way, I think it's, you know, you're not using him the right way. Um, I just don't know that the Steelers are going to be interested necessarily, but I think they should be. I mean, especially if you lose KZ and or Edmonds, whichever one it is, I think you're going to have a spot where you could play this guy. So slot corner, he could play there. I it, I mean, so many different ways to use him. He would be another guy that I would be, yeah, take him at 17.
0: Yeah, it'd just be so, like, I'm, I'm open to it, but it'd just be so weird, e- even at 32, to see the Steelers trade back. Just because that's just hasn't happened. They have
1: that. They have that gap though between. I think it's after their own second pick at forty nine. They don't pick you until eighty. So they probably would like to accumulate another pick, like to shorten that amount of amount of time. That's that's my thinking. Is they want to move back at thirty two or forty nine to have a pick, you know, closer within that range. Me personally, again, they only have like two or three picks or something like that on it's probably three on day three so that's more likely i think they probably want to get some more picks in like the fourth and fifth but
0: yeah i mean maybe and 32 this year i mean 32 is normally a first round pick but since it's a second round pick this year they're kind of in that area of like if we don't like some guys here they could trade back
1: you know what the nfl the nfl should have given them because it's the 32nd pick they should have given them a fifth-year option on that pick as well, even though it's a second <laughs> round.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I'm going to use a, a a a term that was used. When was this? 2021 draft by our friend Nate Williams Williamson. Um, this this class at a, a lot of positions is deep mid.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Like well, like I mean, like that's, there's that's a. There's a quite a bit of players that like can play, but they're all like pretty mid. There, there's not like a lot of like the take off the top at each position.
1: Well, to me, I I think the corners. I, I love the corner class and I love the edge class. I think the tackle is super deep mid. I think the wide receiver class is super deep mid. Um, there's a, there's a good amount of like linebackers that there's like four or five that I think are going to be able to be like. Plug in like they could play in the NFL right now and be like three down starters, but there's a lot of guys that I think can contribute and be on the field at some point. Um, I don't know. I mean, the quarterbacks like it depends. I guess it depends on how you feel about Levis and Richardson. I really like Richardson. Um, Levis is okay.
0: Richardson, but- has one of the and it was on a two point conversion. I'm pretty sure in the Utah game last season has one of the the most entertaining plays I've ever seen or like I it, it the most pleasing plays I've ever seen it is a two point conversion where he does a he he does a spin move to juke a defender and throws the two point conversion it is one of the most oh yeah 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 I've appealing plays to the eye that I've ever seen watching
1: football have you been monitoring like the odds at all on the NFL draft like he's the favorite now to be the first quarterback off the board
0: Really? Yeah. Like even over like Young and Stroud. Mm -hmm.
1: There's going to be teams that do not like Young because of his size. Not so much the height, but the weight. Like take it, NFL hits. Yeah. And Stroud, I I think some people are just going to be questioning like, is that Georgia game a one-game anomaly, or is that a better indication of the player that he can be? Because he didn't show that all year until that game.
0: And I I mean, I don't know how much NFL GMs do it, but a lot of people always bring it up. He's an Ohio State quarterback. So
1: (laughs) I I hope not at all, because I, I hate that so much. I mean, if you go through the NFL and look at where guys went to school, it's like, how many schools can you even consider have like a rich tradition at quarterback? I mean, you know, it's not like, oh, Josh Allen came out of Wyoming. That's, you know known place where quarterbacks are just successful from how many other i mean quarterbacks out of texas tech even with patrick mahomes because like big 12 quarterbacks like like that was always a criticism like playing in those air raid offenses where offense just comes so easy transition to the nfl is hard because they yeah. don't play nfl style defenses anywhere in that conference mm-hmm. so i don't know but Anyways, um, don't even know how we got to that point, but yeah, pick 17 for the Steelers. We will see how it goes. Um, All right. Well, that is it for the Steelers portion, unless you got anything else.
0: No, I don't. Okay.
1: Uh, And last thing to talk about, just a little bit of Pirates stuff, spring training underway. Pirates are scoring a ton of runs this spring. They're also giving up a ton of runs this spring, um, just like any other spring training. I think I got a text about, I think it was during their first spring training game. It was like, how do you feel about this game? My answer to any spring training game is going to be, don't care about the result, really just watching certain players. And with pitchers, especially, it is tough because we don't know what the game plan was going into that spring training game. It could be something like, like, I really didn't know this until we've had some guys on here to talk about it. But it's like their game plan going into be, into a spring training game might just be, let's see what the fastball looks like today. And they're throwing all fastballs. I mean, chances are they're going to get lit up results-wise in the game. But they're trying to you know see where their velocity is at that point, trying to ramp up the arm. There's so many different things that go into it. So I, I don't think that's why like, you can't look at the results of it. But there's obviously certain guys that you want to see stuff from. And uh, my question to you, and it kind of plays off of this, Is do you have a guy this year, whether that's like at the major league level right now or like on the cusp of the majors, that you think is like the breakout candidate for the Pirates this season? Obviously, like there's a pretty obvious answer lying there and a guy in O'Neill Cruz It's short. I was gonna say, does does he count? I mean, yeah, I, I would think so because like he didn't, you know, he can still win rookie of the year this year, right? Yeah, he can. So, I mean. Yeah, he didn't, you know, qualify with the service time last year. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I might still yours, but Mike Burrows, no, that's is, not is mine pro- actually. Okay, he he's probably one that I, I think that could make his uh, come up and like be a consistent player at the MLB level this year. Um, he really tore it up last year. You, you had him on the show, when my when I was absent. Um, but he's a guy that I think could could really add a good arm to that, to that pitching group, which last year, I mean, we, we thought that at least one part of the pitching, like whether it was going to be bullpen or, or starters, we thought it was going to be bullpen. We thought that could be more of a strength than uh, the starters were going to be turned out to be the opposite, but whether he, he ended up being a, a bullpen arm or, or what they decided to use them. I think that that could be a guy that could give a good arm at the MLB level and maybe a reliable arm i should i should s- phrase it that way because a lot of the arms that we've had over the several s- past several seasons they've had a good inning or two but they haven't been able to rely on them pretty consistently uh or consistently so i think that's somebody that could do that and then obviously i'm going to just throw in like uh, O'Neill Cruz, obviously Be- because obviously i, I mean I- yeah. that that's like the real answer but it's like okay besides him which one are we which one are we picking and i, I also i won't say necessarily breakout star but i think it, having a player who whether he could play at first base or if they do use some at dh like g man Choi, like I, I think having a guy like him could be good for uh the team because getting production from a first baseman has been pretty bad for the pirates this past several seasons um so i, I think that that's somebody that could bring some good consistency. Especially with the bat, um, this season.
1: Um, part of me wanted to go Jack Sewinsky just because it looks like he could be playing center field and Reynolds and left, and I think just from like a defensive positional value, like that's a huge thing for for him. Um, also like the underlying stuff. Only three hitters were greater than 70th percentile in barrel percentage, max exit velocity, chase percentage, sprint speed in 2022. It's Mike Trout matt chapman and jack sowinsky so i mean this guy kind of like even though he wasn't wasn't good against lefties obviously even like just away from pnc park in general wasn't very good um (coughs) it it seems like a lot of people think like he could put it all together this year but that's not my i spent so much time talking about a guy that isn't my pick my pick is going to be rodolfo castro And I said it would tie in because of that, obviously grand slam in the first spring training game. I expect to see a lot of those this year. He's actually a popular pick amongst like people that cover the team to be their breakout guy this year. I think he ends up, you know, pretty early in the season, completely taking away that second base job. Like there's some talks like they're going to be using a couple different guys. They're like, you know, jiwan Bay could be there a little bit. Um, they brought in Connor Joe who can play some second base. Like there's guys that could play there. I don't even think it's a conversation relatively early in the season that Rodolfo Castro is going to be the everyday guy. Obviously switch hitter. We've seen pop from both sides of the plate. Um, I think that you need to see him probably get on base at a little bit higher of a clip plays pretty solid defense he even can give you something at third base we saw that um at times last year spelling t brian so yeah i mean for me i'm going with rodolfo castro who i think is going to provide a little bit of of everything for this team all uh 2014 ish jay Hay.
0: okay that, that i if we got 2014 <laughs> josh harrison i i would be okay with that mm-hmm
1: yeah, and like I said, I was talking to uh, Alex Stump about him, and uh, yeah, he thinks like that this is going to be a big year for him as well. And imagine if that's the case. You know, if you get what you think you're going to get from O'Neal, Brian Reynolds has been a consistent player. You look up and down this lineup, if they get, you know, a strong year from Rodolfo Castro, I- I'm I'm by no means saying that he moves the needle to them all of a sudden being like a playoff team, but I think that you are having like a different conversation about them not just for, for next year, because I think then you start talking about like, oh, wow, like is this guy part of, you know, the, this core that we think is going to be the group that makes the playoffs?
0: Yeah, that could very well be the case.
1: But I like your pick too. obviously love Mike uh, yeah. I keep saying it, but I would love to get him on here. I don't know if he's going to have the time during spring training or uh, Well, maybe well, that's just actually- a hope,
0: too. But I, I just think that pitcher, I mean, whether it's a relief pitcher or a starting pitcher is very vital to the Pirates right now. That, that is yeah, that and, very much a weakness to the team when you watched them last year.
1: I mean, you need in like Oviedo again, like spring training results are what they are. He did not look good in his first spring training action. And like Vince Velasquez, not going to have a long leash to me as that fifth starter, assuming that he wins that job. A lot of talk about like could JT Brubaker be like one of the trade pieces that this team has, whether it's now or at the deadline. That's kind of been talked about already in the past. To me personally, man, I would love to see – I think he'd be – better suited in the bullpen or at least like being used with an opener or something you look at the numbers it's like and this is for a lot of pitchers but like drastically with him first time through the order really good A little bit of a drop off second time third time through the order i'm getting a hit off of him so like it it really drops off for jt brubaker (laughs) yeah um but yeah i think there's going to be a spot for mike burrows in this rotation sooner rather than later and you know i'm not wishing poorly on anybody in that rotation right now but would be really cool to see mike in the majors this season whenever that be yeah and we've seen the past like you're not gonna have the same five guys anyway like they're gonna need seven eight at least arms starting arms over a season here. yeah yeah so i i think he does get a shot for sure at some point and if he makes you know the most of it no reason to send him back
0: so agreed
1: But uh all right, I think that about does it. Some good, some bad, some Ron hextall Some Ron episode
0: Um the links to those by the way, 40 minutes later, I still hate (laughs) it.
1: We'll see how much you hate it come Friday. But uh (laughs) the links to those GoFundMe's will be in the description of the show wherever you are watching or listening. That's the Isla Keen Fund as well as the Lamasters family fund. Um also, some information about the golf outing we are putting together for Dalton Keene, which is going to be on May 13th at 2 p.m. at the Blackhawk Golf Course. And uh, really excited about that. You do not have to worry. I will not be swinging any golf clubs that day. However, I will be in attendance. Um, there's going to be a lot of, like, door prizes and stuff like that. Some of them provided by us, as well as, like, talking with his best friend, Todd. They're going to have... Some other stuff too, some baskets put together and stuff like that. So, should be a good time, yeah. obviously, for a great cause. Uh, if you want to, you know, get a group of guys together, group of girls together, whatever it might be, come out and have a good time with us. Uh, reach out to me for more information. Other than that, uh, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a five star review, all that stuff on any of our platforms. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, like us, or follow us on TikTok. Check out the YouTube shorts. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, And we will catch you next time. This video for Tyler.